This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Lexi Kassan. Lexi is a data scientist and general advocate for math and stats to anyone who will listen. She currently shares her numerical passion as product owner and community of practice lead for advanced analytics at CCG Analytics in Tampa, Florida. Professionally, Lexi has been in marketing and analytics for most of her career, helping big brands solve big problems with big data. She also is the host of the Data Science Ethic Podcast. Personally, Lexi loves dogs, geocaching, and chasing through experiments down rabbit holes. Her current pet projects include a website all about eggs and a podcast on data science ethics. Her favorite languages are SQL, Python, and French. Welcome to the show, Lexi. So excited to have you. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Happy to be here. So let's begin. Can you share a little bit about your path in technology? Yeah, I have been using primarily data-oriented technologies, so databases, data warehouses, a lot of statistical tools in my career track most recently getting into cloud technologies, particularly Azure. The company that I work for is a gold partner with Microsoft. So it's brought me a lot closer to a lot of the technologies that are specific to Microsoft's Azure uh, stack and Azure components. And that's uh, where I've been focusing as well as continuing to look at tools in and around data science. That's great. Um, yeah, cloud is getting to be where everything is is and heading. So that's that's a great uh, path that you're in that area. So what are some of the technology trends that you're seeing today? As you mentioned, there's a very large push to cloud technologies. There's simply not the appetite for standing up and maintaining internal servers the way that we used to have to. Um, a lot of the IT organization has been essentially outsourced to be in the cloud, and that makes for a leaner technology organization, 
with a, a better capability for strategy rather than having to have a lot of operational information or operational staff. Mm-hmm. There's also a very big push, they call it digital transformation, which is sort of this data enabled business. The best way I've seen this described was that every business, no matter what they sell, is actually a data company or a tech company. It's the idea that every business generates a tremendous amount of information, has a need for a tremendous amount of information. And so as they look towards new technologies and new lines of business, the merging of data into those lines of business needs to be thought about in advance as opposed to as an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it really can become a line of business in a lot of organizations, regardless of what their main uh, business really is. Very interesting. Um, So many of these jobs that exist today were not there a few years ago. And we are finding, I'm in the training business, so we're finding a huge gap in skill set in the market today. So as an industry, what do you think we can do to better bridge that gap? I think there are a lot of opportunities for additional training. Uh There are a tremendous amount of online resources these days. So you spoke about the fact that some of these uh, positions didn't exist a few years ago. Data Uh scientist was certainly one of them. Uh I was there as a statistician and somebody kind of came along and said, poof, you're a data scientist. I went, great, what's that mean? (laughs) Uh, It still doesn't necessarily mean a whole heck of a lot to me. And every time I ask someone, are you a data scientist? They either say yes, and then they can't prove it, or they say, I think I'm an imposter. <laughs> I am definitely the latter. I, I feel like every time somebody calls me a data scientist, I'm an imposter. It's because I haven't learned every technique. Mm-hmm. There are courses out there to learn different techniques and different skills. I think that the online services and coursework and resources are wonderful, but that's not how everyone learns. And right. I think that there's still a place for more structured, instructor-led courses in person uh, that require a little bit more, um, I would say, focus that would be a little less uh, (laughs) self-directed. Yeah, I think you're right. There's, you know, the the on-demand learning or the e-learning, whatever you want to call it, is not for everybody and so the instructor-led piece is is critical because that's how a lot of people learn but we're finding today a blend of those two is working very well so some of the foundational skills you can kind of do uh, online but then come in for the more advanced job roles uh, into a classroom and really work with others uh, in your class to solve problems and and create solutions yeah, one of one of the other things that I would put out there is that it's one thing to learn in theory. It's very different to do anything with technology in practice. This is very particular to technology. I feel like there are other areas where the theory and the practice align better. In technology, it seems to be the case that 
when you learn something in a structured environment, whether that's instructor led or online or however you might do it, you kind of have the the benefit of clean information, like the point and click system, the previously set up parameters for whatever you're trying to spin up in the cloud or do on a system. Everything seems to be nicely tuned or you're given instructions for how to do so. In the real world, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and you fall down a lot. So you get a real set of data and you go, what on earth am I supposed to do with this? Uh -huh. Or you're faced with a screen when you're installing something and it has about 50 different options and you go, and now what? What do <laughs> I pick? I have no idea. What is the difference? That's where... Things like Stack Exchange and Google, and, or sorry, Stack Overflow and Google and all of these really come into play because that's where practitioners have put their knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's where the real world comes in and tells you how theory doesn't work. Yeah. Real so, world experience is so, so critical. It is. It's I've now had the the benefit and luxury of mentoring a number of junior folks, specifically in analytics and data science. And inevitably, one of the first things they say to me is, is the data always this dirty? Hmm. And that's after it's been prepared and cleansed and modeled and put into a nice clean database. And I look at them and go, you really are not even close to dirty data. This is just the start. And it scares the heck out of them because they don't realize that you're not in the real world. You're not handed a nice, clean CSV that you can load into whatever program and it just works perfectly. And every statistic is, is relevant. Everything is statistically significant, you know, that doesn't happen in reality. <laughs> so I think that there's a certain amount of expectation setting that needs to be done for folks that are getting into technology or learning different technology that you're not going to have an easy go of it. It's not going to be like the classroom when you get out into the real world doing this stuff. And that's okay. But know that there are resources out there for you and don't be afraid to ask Google. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And wow, that makes me really realize, you know, in, in our company, we push our salespeople every day to keep CRM clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And boy, it is not. It is dirty. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I worry. I worry about our data and say, you know, I keep harping on how important it is that if we have this data in there, we'll be able to make good decisions. We can guide our students on the next class and give them certification paths and those types of things. But I always worry about the data. I'll tell you something. I work for a data and analytics consulting company. Our CRM is dirty. 
Well, that that makes me feel a little better, even though I don't like I don't like the outcome. But you're you know you've made my heart feel better that okay, so other people are struggling with this as well as me. Absolutely, absolutely, and and part of the reason is that there's no one right way to model the data. Right. So everyone puts the data in where they think it goes, and it's not the way the other person thinks it goes, and you get dirty data. This these things happen. I always think of, you know, a filing cabinet. When you go into somebody else's filing cabinet, you really have no idea how they filed anything. So you have yep. to kind of understand it and and um, and then work with it. And I think, you know, data in, in computers are the same way. Absolutely. So um, where do you see technology in five years, 10 years? I know that's a long time because when I think back to you know, 10 years ago, I would never have imagined where we are today. But what is your vision? I think that we're going to get a lot more automation in a lot of places that people don't necessarily expect it. There's a tremendous amount of research going into AI, especially with regard to robotics, computer vision, Internet of Things. Uh To some degree, there's been a bit of that. I think it's still a privileged group that gets to really experience the internet of things at this stage. It's not as approachable as maybe some other technologies. It's not as, as visible, for example, as a mobile phone. But I think that there is certainly a, a move towards more data collection, more automation, more devices being imbued with some amount of technology that maybe otherwise wouldn't. Uh-huh. And I think That's- that there there's going to continue from an enterprise standpoint to be a move towards the cloud with more emphasis placed on data quality, ironically enough. Uh-huh. there's There's been some trends that I've taken notice of, especially in the last year, year and a half, where people are starting to realize as they try to really leverage data and they try to really act upon insights from their data, they now start to see those zits and wrinkles in their data. Uh-huh. And they understand why all the rest of us who've been analyzing their data for years have been saying, you know, guys, we should really clean this up. This is really tough to use. Now everyone's seeing it. It's like they pulled back the curtain and now they're seeing who the wizard really is and they don't like it. Yeah. So I think that there's going to be more emphasis placed on data governance and and data quality. Um, I don't know that there's an easy answer there, but I definitely see some technologies that are well positioned to help with regard to data governance uh, master data management, data cataloging, and and data usage policies, which is actually something that is near and dear to my heart for many reasons, uh, that making sure that data is used properly, effectively, and fairly is, I think, going to be a big push over the next several years. There's also, I think, Another focus, especially in the data space, but more broadly in technology that's that's influencing technology, which is really around privacy regulation and technology use and fair use. 
We've seen that already with GDPR. There are a number of other regulations around the country and around the world that either have already been enacted or are in the process of going through courts and congresses and so forth. And I think that that's going to have uh, a very shaping effect on technology as we move forward, because the way that you architect to accomplish the goals that those types of legislations and regulations are trying to set out is going to be very different than what we've had in the past. And so I think that there's going to be a, a very large impact to technology generally with regard to making sure that there's compliance against those regulations. I'm so glad you touched on that because, you know, as data grows and there's more information out there about everyone and everything, it is really important to focus on privacy, security, all of those types of things. So uh, GDPR is the beginning of that. And yeah, I agree that they're, they're really going to, we're going to see a lot more compliance and privacy and security rules out there, which I'm happy for. As am I. And uh, I run a podcast called the Data Science Ethics Podcast. We mm -hmm. talk a lot about some of those regulations and some of the implications with regard to privacy, as well as other aspects of data science, algorithm usage, and so forth. So uh, partly it's a plug, but partly, it, you know, I really do feel that it's an important facet of data and technology for the upcoming time, especially as we get even more technology around us in everyday use and everyday objects that we understand what's going on with that data that's coming in and the usage of it. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, you know, learning is, do you think learning is different today uh, than a few years ago? And how are IT professionals learning today differently? I think that it is. I think that technology has helped to accelerate some of that and make learning opportunities more accessible, especially when you think about some of the online resources that are either free or inexpensive by comparison to traditional education. I think that the other thing that's helped in the last several years is that as new positions have come into being without a formal accreditation program behind them, we've seen the rise of professionals without the bachelors and masters and so forth, but that are fully capable of the jobs that they're in because they've done these sort of extracurricular trainings. I think that the emphasis is less on what schools have you attended and what you know, initials are behind your name these days than what have you accomplished? What do you know? How can you put that together? Do you know your stuff? Can you, can you hack it? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a lot to be said for the resources that are out there and the fact that they are very accessible uh, to anyone who can get online you can learn these technologies, you can learn different programming languages, different tools, uh, different infrastructures, all of all of the needs really that are in the industry that maybe a few years ago you wouldn't have been able to do without going through a master's program. 
Right, right. I think it's so interesting. We don't wonder anymore. We can look up almost anything yeah. <laughs> as part of our discussion, which, you know, I think it's it's really cool and uh, it keeps us continuously learning, which I'm very passionate about. So um, in closing, what advice would you give to an IT professional starting out today? Always keep learning. Don't get dejected if you hit a real world problem that you have not encountered. There is a solution out there. You just got to find it. I would say uh, the real world is dirty. It's not <laughs> like it is in theory, but you know, with, with enough internal impetus, I think it's always possible to learn your way through the problem. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much, Lexi, for being on our show. Um, we, I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much, Jennifer. So did I. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Next Gen Tech segment, I will be talking with Cameron Baum. Cameron is the co-founder and chief of fun at Tech Tuesdays. Tech Tuesdays' mission is to conquer the digital divide by helping children and families who lack access to adequate technology resources. The program is committed to supporting students by providing access to the devices and tools necessary to complete their homework and succeed. Tech Tuesdays presides in Kentucky and Ohio this coming fall, and its headquarters are in Denville, New Jersey. Cameron has spoken about Tech Tuesdays at various different conferences, and recently was a presenter at the Microsoft IAMCP webinar. Welcome to the show, Cameron. Thank you so much for having me, it's a pleasure. Thanks. Um, so let's get started. Can you share with us a little bit about your journey in technology? Of course, I, I would really love to. Um, so as you probably know from my bio, I'm quite young, I'm only 16. So. Really, I'd like to say my journey started at an incredibly young age compared to um, most people I know in the technology business. I mean, I started growing up with um, the internet and technology um, for as long as I really can remember. But to me, it just always felt there and always like present in my life. Um, but kind of getting into um, what I'm all about and my charity Tech Tuesday, um, 
my true journey into really understanding, I think, the power of technology and what it truly means all really began my um, freshman year of high school, which was only a couple years ago. Um, as I said before, technology was just always something I had, something I was incredibly comfortable with. So were my peers that I had um, conversations with in my everyday life. Um, and I knew that year when I was younger, it was, you know, during that time where a lot more pressure is added on. You're starting to be treated less like you're a young kid and more like an adult. And um, I really wanted to uh, challenge myself and really take on something that can really change the world and make a difference. Um, but truthfully, I didn't really know what I wanted to take on just yet as a young kid. But um, thankfully for my father, Paul Baum, he is the CEO of Planet ROI, which he's an iPad distributor. He is so well-versed in the, in the field of technology that um, he really opened my eyes to an issue because I was so lucky to have technology. I never truly noticed. Um, it's called the digital divide. It's the divide, I mean, simple enough, the people who have technology and don't have technology at home. Um, and it honestly really, really shocked me. I didn't really know it was a situation going on. Neither did any of my friends or anyone I really knew at the time knew what it was. Um, and I ultimately, just after really going over the facts about it, how 5 million people in the U.S. do not have technology at home, how some kids have to wait online to get their homework done in the library for a computer that barely works to print out their work, who they miss opportunities for jobs and other activities that they can start raising money to help their family. People who um, live in really rural areas or very um, low-income urbanization areas. Um, that's where my eyes of technology really expanded. And I really saw that although technology is a gift, it's not a gift everyone has, which is seriously crazy to think about because, I mean, the way it's expanded, the way it's talked about, even back when I was a freshman only a couple years ago, it was always something that was um, in almost everyone's life. So hearing that I wasn't in some of these kids' life was really, really shocking to me. And in that moment, I knew I didn't want to just do any other charity that has already existed. I really wanted to create something I own uh, myself that really reflects me and what my generation is all about. So um, we ultimately decided to drop a plan, start planning things out. Um, and as I got more and more into what the divide is, what kids don't really know because of the situation they're in, I realized a lot of the things I learned about technology, I learned on my own just from the having it, the familiarity in it in my life. Um, because, I mean, I remember um, <laughs> teaching a lot of kids things that I thought was second nature because I just always grew up, oh, like, you do this and you do that because it's just always with me. So I just ended up figuring it out on my own. I really realized because these kids didn't have it at such a young age, they seriously need to have a strict learning period of trying to get it into their system. Um, and back to the, the plan that we drew up, it was really important for us to 
first, really teach them something, and second, help them get their homework done. Um, a significant amount of kids that Tech Tuesday really serves, it's insanely impossible for them to move ahead in school because besides their teachers not always being familiar with technology, knowing how to teach them, they don't have it at home. So as they get older, as for example, I am now a junior in high school, every single piece of homework I have is on my laptop, every single piece. And I cannot imagine these kids who do not have a laptop at home being as fortunate as I am to be in the classes I am because of how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, uh, I really took that plan um, and made it alive, starting it in my old hometown, New Jersey, in Denville, um, then uh, expanding it to Hazards, Kentucky, at Lost Creek Community School. And um, now we're spreading that technology to Ohio to really um, grow kids' knowledge about the power. I mean, my journey, as I kind of just said, um, it was minimal in the sense that I wasn't getting the full scope. And then when I did, I'm so happy I did because now I I just see the true um, special qualities technology has, I guess you can say. Uh-huh. That is um, that is amazing. You are just really amazing to do the work that you're doing. Um, I loved that um, you you said you had technology all your life, so it was just natural. It was just part of who you were. I would say it was in your blood, right? It's just something that that you're doing. I think it's in everyone in my generation's blood, and mm-hmm. the fact that we. Uh, like my generation, all we do is stare down at our phones and let's say look at like Instagram or look at any social media or like maybe like one-off news sources and we don't know this issue is crazy to me because it Mm -hmm. seems so out in the open that you don't think about it. Um, You take it for granted. You you think, you know, everybody has this. Yes. And so... I love that you brought the um, the thought back to say, you know, there's so much with technology we learn on our own just by doing. And when you're doing it, you learn how to do it. And these kids don't have that resource. So their learning is not as rich as somebody who would have technology. Yeah, I mean, um, that's why I especially put in STEM into the programs I do with these kids because now that they've reached this past certain age, technology, although um, can be like fun for social media online, they already lost their, some of them already kind of lost their interest in learning anything for school because I mean, uh, just a personal experience as moving forward to school, the harder it gets and sometimes the more you end up presenting it. So um, it's really important for us to include STEM online and everything like that to keep them interested and be like, oh, okay. I have to learn how to how to like properly write an email or use Google Docs, but then I can also go on code.org after and really learn how to do code, and that's fun. So uh-huh. our whole curriculum is really balancing the informative with the fun because technology, if anything, as my generation uses it, <laughs> is about um, like 50-50 in both. So I think it's important to have a good balance. 
That's great. That's great. So tell me a little bit about, so is this a program that you do online or do you actually do it in person? Is it every Tuesday? Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, how it works and then what is, you know, are you creating the curriculum? Um, tell me a little bit more. Yeah. So um, it really all started off in New Jersey. I mean, we, and during that time period when we first wanted to get off the ground, we struggled a really long time finding a place to take us on because we meet my dad being um, his own CEO of his own company, Planner ROI, um, and me just being the byproduct of him. I always mm -hmm. like to um, take control and really manage something that's important to me like that. So uh, finding the place to do is really hard. So we ended up just going off on our own, which is one of the best decisions I think we've ever made. And from starting, we started in my dad's um, uh, lunchroom, like next to his warehouse, where we had um, some of the warehouse workers' kids come in and really like learn with us. Um, mm -hmm. We then expanded to Hazards, Kentucky. Um, we made a connection through IATAM, which is um, a convention my dad has been going to every year. Um, and we really connected with them, and we learned about Lost Creek Community School, where these kids are in the middle of nowhere and although have some technology again their scope is very 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 small um compared to fortunate like as fortunate as i am someone like me who i can turn a corner and see number of technology like like that so um it kind of really started that way and um unfortunately because i relocated to florida last year um I don't run the New Jersey program. However, um, we had some making the curriculum, but this summer I worked on Tech Tuesday for about a month where I planned out almost all the curriculum for this next upcoming year and um, really worked on making, listening to um, the kids' input from Jersey and Kentucky to really hear what the kids want. Because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, I'm a kid myself, and I know um, – through schoolwork and anything I'm trying to learn, but I think a democratic leadership stance of really listening to them and incorporating what they want, plus the learning information, makes them want to come back more and more, makes them sure. want to tell their friends. And that's something really important to me. Um, getting into some of the later points I was going to mention is recognition. Mm -hmm. um, I feel sometimes technology gets a bad rap, but it's not the way, um, I guess I would say the bad rap is only as bad as we make it. If we learn how to use technology properly and what I'm trying to do with the kids is teach them how to use it properly. It is one of the greatest gifts you've ever gotten in life. It simplifies our life. It enhances what we already know. And for that, I think it's one of the biggest gifts in the entire world. <laughs> I definitely agree. I love technology and, you know, Today, if you want to learn anything, you wonder about anything, you can go look it up and you always have answers at your fingertips. So you're continuously learning, which is so fun, I think. Um, so can you share what is your biggest goal in technology now that you've started this Tech Tuesday? Uh, where do you want to take it? What What is your goals? I mean, what do you have a plan to take it to the next level, to more cities? What What are you thinking? 
Well, we're still um, relatively new and small. We just officially became um, a official public charity um, in the eyes that um, if you donate, we can um, tax free. And it really goes back to these kids, um, more importantly. Um, but right now, because we are so um, genu- generally small, I think my biggest goal is to insanely grow recognition. Um <laughs> I've really tried. I mean, every person that I've talked to that is my age, they are amazed when they hear that number 5 million. They're like, yeah. are you serious? Like, I cannot believe that. Um, so right now, I'm trying all I can. I mean, I post on social media quite frequently about it. I um, make it aware in anything I'm doing. I don't know if you know what DECA is. It's um, a club in high school. I'm currently doing a 20-page book on the operations of Tech Tuesday and how we've grown it from where it was to where it is now. So I'm trying to get it really known on a national scale, not just to any adult interested in in technology, but my generation again, because um, I think sometimes, as uh, (laughs) ludicrous as this to say, as it's my own generation, I think we talk and have a little bit of no action sometimes. And that's where I want it to change. I want the action to start to begin. So um, I guess there, and maybe one of my very far advanced future goals is maybe bringing it, I know to um, some of the more um, really rural areas of America, as well as um, really um, low income inner cities, such as inner city Chicago or, um, any of those places that genuinely need our help and maybe also a future once um, hopeful donations start rolling through, maybe the kids who are in our charities, possibly helping them with scholarships because um, how our charity works is when you're six to 12, that's when you're taking the courses, but from 13 onwards to the end of high school, you become the volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bigger thing to mention is although we have, because I cannot obviously be in Kentucky and in Ohio 22 days a year (laughs) Um, (laughs) due to my own um, schoolwork. uh, We like to bring in volunteers around my age, so like um, 13 to 18, plus have a STEM coordinator just to make sure everything's running properly. Um, And to these either um, kids who were a part of the program, then volunteers, or just kids, I want to start helping them with them with their future. I I express it to my parents as much as I can. I'm insanely thankful for what I have. And I think the part of being thankful is realizing when others need help. And um, I guess that's like my main goal for Tech Tuesday, hopefully in the future. I love that. I love that you are grateful, but you're giving back. And you can see that um, there is this digital divide that, you know, that number is just astonishing at 5 million, 5 million kids or people without uh, technology. That shouldn't happen. Today, technology is like electricity to us. It's just, you know, (laughs) part of your life. So 
the work that you're doing, I know you're saying it's at a, on a small scale, but I think you're making a difference and you're bridging that gap every day with the work you're doing. And I'm hoping listeners of this podcast will listen in and and um, want to help and donate and volunteer and do all of those things to kind of scale this operation across the country, which is really amazing, you know, the work that you're doing. Now, if you were in a leader, leadership position, um, what challenge would you want to solve with technology? Obviously, providing techno more technology to people that don't have it, right? That would be yeah. Uh, yeah. the most common answer. But is there any other uh, thoughts that you have around what you would I, want to yeah. solve with technology? I mean, besides that obvious answer, will be the answer about tech, um, what I want to change tell my very, very last breath. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, again, a note I touched on before, um, the learning of technology, um, the negative and the positive. I think that if I was in a leadership position to, I mean, I hopefully would have the respect of my peers to not only, I get that um, I can only teach the other kids so much, but I hope that any volunteer that takes my program, um, I mean, I do, we do do a section on internet safety, everything like that, that, um, technology is is an ugly thing sometimes but we can always see the positive in everything we do so um i don't want it to have a negative connotation to any um young person's impressionable mind especially like my own i see i try to i mean i listen to the news but i try to stay away from anything that bashes technology like that because again we i think we've seen it countless times anything can be abused uh -huh. we just have to really learn how to like, use it like a proper person and really understand that this is a powerful tool. So um, another, I guess if I was really in a leadership position besides providing them, also providing them with uh, safety te techniques about how to use it. Um, maybe yes, technology is really important, but it's not always everything. There's always a balance with everything because I think, um, the biggest thing I hear when I'm describing this to any adult or any person in charge, well, I mean, what about these kids? Like, technology can be so damaging. I'm like, well, not if you really teach them how to use it properly. I mean, um, personally, I try to use my technology properly all the time. I set mm -hmm. timers about when I can use certain apps at certain times, but I do to the point where I still get to increase my knowledge, but also keep a little bit of my sanity. So right. I that's something, if I was in a leadership position, I'd start to push more because I think what I see, um, I'll say from not my generation is this idea that my generation, all we do is stare at our phones 24, seven, three, six, five all day long. Um, and that's something that if I was a leader, I want them to see that that's not always the case. Right. No, that's great. Um, so what obstacles do you face um, with technology or even with Tech Tuesdays? What are some of the obstacles that kind of hold you back? And then what do you do to overcome them? Um, personally, something I experience is ageism. Just because I am 16 doesn't mean I don't have the mental capability to really care for this charity, which Unfortunately, um, some people and some companies and some places do. Um, there's been many countless times when 
I was trying to set up a Tech Tuesday in my um, own local areas or even far away. I didn't receive email backs. I got um, people saying this is not what they're looking for. I don't want to run this with a kid. Stuff like that. Um, mm. And truthfully, it could be hard to hear. But all I think is that I'm this future. And if I get discouraged by this, our future won't be anywhere. So I try to um, really, just as a person um, and as a kid, try to persevere through that because I, I think what people don't notice is they were 16 months too. And that, yes, maybe they didn't make all the right decisions, but they definitely had things they care about then and they still care about now. So I think that will always be Tech Tuesday for me. I will care about it no matter if I'm, 16 or 64 because it's something that will change the world so I love I, I love that I, I love your passion and you will do it <laughs> if anybody can do it you can do it um so has anybody underestimated I guess this kind kind of goes with also some of the obstacles I guess but has anybody underestimated your abilities in technology and then how did you convince them otherwise? Because as a girl in technology, you know, the, there are some challenges as well. So uh, what have you experienced? Um, I mean, no one personally, thankfully, because I have such an amazing father who I do co sometimes co-run Tech Tuesday with in certain aspects. And the people in his company that always help me if I need something, let's say if I have a test or the next day because I'm in school, they'll take on. Um, I really have never had anyone truly say I can't do anything. And right. even if they did, I probably did not pay attention because I honestly <laughs> don't care. <laughs> That's but, great. Um, I think being a woman um, is a different story because again, my age, that sometimes what people focus on more than me being a woman, which I guess could be, uh, I wouldn't say <laughs> good either, but um, I definitely do see that curve changing. I know people who are my age that girls who code and everything like that, and they really do care about it. And actually, um, when I first started volunteering, almost all my other volunteers, um, I mean, they really did listen to me and really did care about what I had to say as a woman in technology. And I think... Um, any place I've presented, I've only gotten the utmost respect from people, which is all I can ever ask for at my age and me being a woman as well. Um, and I think, again, seeing the positive technology, it may not be perfect, but we're moving towards it. We're really, I think no matter what we're doing in technology, we're always moving, we're trying to move towards a positive goal. Uh -huh. And that's something that I think is amazing. I mean, I know personally, um, one of my friends, I mean, she's gotten, she does Girls Who Code over um, in Parkland, and I know she's gotten about um, a couple other girls to join her as well. So, I mean, it is growing. I mean, women are really um, starting to not, um, I feel like I see women are, stop asking for their place and start taking their place. And right. I mean, as another woman, I, I incredibly love seeing that. That's great. So, I think, you know, a couple different things. Um, why you've really not experienced that underestimation of your abilities. Uh, one is that you have an incredible role model, which is your dad. And, uh, and my that, mom. And your mom, right? <laughs> and then secondly, because there are such good role models for you, you exuberate confidence, right? And so having that confidence in whatever you do, 
really, really helps build confidence in other people and know that you are capable and able. So you've done a really, really good job with that. So great job. Um, so if you could pick uh, any technology to work with, what's your favorite technology and why? Um, just any like product in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you What do you love? Which Which piece of technology do you really love, and why? Um, personal. I think for um the purpose of Tech Tuesday, the beauty of a laptop is amazing, and all the things it can do. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, for what I've seen, um, these kids, um handing them a laptop is like handing them a big gift on Christmas day. And mm -hmm. seeing that is like one of the best things ever. And I think the beauty of a laptop is it's not, um, to someone that young, it's a good starter base of technology. I think, I think sometimes, um, I hear a lot of my peers saying like, Oh, I love a phone. I could not get enough of it. I feel like to really teach these kids what I want to teach them, the, um, a laptop is always the best way. That's great. So, I love yeah, my laptop, so I know what you mean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just, I it's like my lifeline. <laughs> of course. That's great. I, yeah. <laughs> well, Cameron, you're an inspiration to other girls um, and other um, kids your age. The amazing work you're doing. Thank you for all that you do. And if uh, any of our listeners can help, I know they will be contacting you. So thank you again. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Um, if you want to learn more about Tech Tuesday, go to techtuesday.fun. You'll learn everything you need to know there as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training. Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum, on-demand courses, for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction.
calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.